Hello and welcome to episode 807 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus, presented by the Play Index at BaseballReference.com. I'm Ben Lindbergh of 538, joined by Sam Miller of Baseball Prospectus. Hello, Sam. Yo. Our guest today is the creator of a site that's become indispensable to internet baseball analysts, BaseballSavant.com, as well as its sister sites, NBA Savant and NFL Savant, and also MLBFarm.com, which is more of a minor league-centric site. But he's also, as of a few weeks ago, the new director of baseball research and development for MLB Advanced Media, which means he gets to play with StatCast and get paid to do that now. He is Darren Willman. Hey, Darren, welcome and congratulations on the new job. Hey, guys, thanks. Thanks for having me on. So we will ask you about a bunch of stat stuff in a second, but contrary to the stat head stereotype, you actually played baseball all through college, and I couldn't find your stats. So give us a self-scouting report. Sure, yeah. I played at a school um, in Texas, Texas Lutheran. It's a D3 school. I was an outfielder. I was pretty good defensively. Probably couldn't hit that great, but um, I was pretty good, and it was fun. Uh, I love playing baseball. Were you into baseball stats at the time, or were you purely Mm -hmm. into playing? I was purely into playing. Um, I really didn't get too much into stats until a few years ago, really. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, back then, I didn't really care about stats too much. So eventually you went to work as a web developer and then the chief software architect at the Harris County District Attorney's Office in Houston. And I mean, can you describe what you did there? Were you basically building convict savant? <laughs> uh, yeah, pretty much. You know, uh, it wasn't too far off to what I do now. Um, it was actually a really cool job. Basically, what I did there was um, criminal history software. So I wrote an application that basically followed the defendant all the way through the criminal process. So, you know, mug shots, criminal history stuff, uh, a lot of cool maps we'd create, like crime locations. We had some facial recognition software where I could take a picture of your face. It would run it through our system and it would tell you if you have a criminal history in our county. So a lot of cool stuff like that. So, yeah, pretty much was convicts of honor. <laughs> <laughs> huh, pretty cool. So could you – was there like a – a menu where you could search for left-handed people who had misdemeanors over a certain period of yeah. time. Yeah, you could do all that. Uh, it spit out some stats, you know, how many people have been arrested. It would uh, put it on a map, um, stuff like that. So eventually you, you found, I guess, a way to translate your love of baseball into this sort of work that you were doing. And so in less than three years, you have gone from some guy who was starting an unknown baseball site to basically the guy who's in charge of baseball stats. <laughs> so that's a pretty quick rise. And you interviewed with some MLB teams and NFL teams. Why this job? Or, or did you have a goal to work inside baseball and this was what happened? Or was this a better option than working for a team? Yeah, uh, I, well, I think when I first started the, the sites, I was kind of, of thinking, man, you know, it would be cool to work for a team. And then, you know, slowly as the popularity grew and I started getting some inside knowledge, I thought to myself, maybe working for a team wouldn't be all that great. Um, typically, the pay is not very good. I, mean, I worked at a government job. Most of the teams I interviewed with were going to, they offered me less, you know, so mm-hmm. it's like, 
I have a family, and so I'm not going to, you know, it's a dream job, but I'm not going to give that, give up a, a good job for a, a less paying job in baseball. My wife probably wouldn't appreciate that. And I would have had to shut my sights down, all my sights. Yeah. So uh, what really, I really liked about MLB was my sights are still up. They're going to be branded with the MLB, but they're going to stay there. They're going to stay up. The good thing about advanced media is they really embrace the community for the most part. And so... They know if they take those my sites down that the community, you know, unless we replace it with a similar product, that the community is not going to appreciate that. And so they're sympathetic and they, they understand that by hiring me, they're also taking on some of the community and my followers and my sites. And so that, and that's really cool. And that's and staying in the public was, you know, a, a good benefit for taking this job. It is kind of interesting if you think about how many people have gone from the you know, from the sabermetric public world, you know, to working for teams, that there aren't more um, of those writers who have resisted it because it is it. It's not just that you have to you know go private. It's that going private is in a lot of ways the complete opposite of what the public sabermetric uh, movement was all about. Right? It's very specifically contrary to what got a lot of people into this in the first place, which is being sort of open source and being a, a big community in which like uh, the masses can find this great sort of wisdom in all of this stuff. Like what teams would ask you to do, like it is really hard to imagine you, Darren, being unable to you know, share all this with the world because like that is so much of what made you such like an, a quick success in this field is that it was for sharing. It was for, you know, being among all of us and doing it for everybody. So uh, it does seem like a, a really big ask of a team to ask somebody like you to just stop interacting with the rest of the world and only show your stuff to eight people. Well, yeah. And not only that, like my sites grew because of the community and in, in the sense that a lot of the ideas that I came up with were suggested to me by people on in the community. Like, hey, can you add this stat or can you add this to the search functionality? Or like Ben would email me and ask me for certain things and I would think about it and I was like, oh, you know what? I can add that to the site. Anybody can you know, use that functionality whenever they want. So stuff like that. And yeah, and, and so for me to take a job in the private baseball community or yeah, with the team, and then just shut all that out, it, it is a tough ask. And it just wasn't one that I wanted to do. Um, that's why, you know, like I said, working for advanced media, like I can still interact with the community. You guys can see all the cool things I'm doing on StatCast. And not just that, everybody's been helping me out with the StatCast stuff. Um, like, and, and I'm getting suggestions and that just, uh, it moves progress forward. So you started Baseball Savant because you were bored at work, which is the same reason many people listen to this podcast. Are you <laughs> never bored now? Will you ever be bored again? Well, I haven't been bored yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's funny because uh, like, like you said, you know, you, once you you work in a job for so long, you do get bored and you kind of start slacking off. But like I'm literally getting paid to watch baseball and come up with cool ideas and you know, it's like, I mean, watching a baseball game is technically my job now. So, you know, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah. So I remember talking to you less than a year ago when the season started and the first little bits of StatCast data started to appear. And it wasn't even like MLB said, hey, here's all this new information. It was like you were digging into directories and subdirectories and sort of 
finding this stuff that was there, but not really publicly announced and putting it on your site. And throughout most of the season, your site was really the main resource for finding stuff like exit velocity information that everyone cited so often. So you kind of had to go and get it. And when you started this job a few weeks ago, was it just here is everything? (laughs) Like here is all that we have and all of it is now yours? Yeah, that's pretty much the <laughs> Well, like, okay, when I started, like, I had to kind of go around and find out where it all was. You know, I had some ideas of what I wanted to do. When I, when I first started interviewing, I actually inter- started interviewing. Well, I didn't really inter- interview. They wanted to hire me. So, but they flew me up in August, and I really didn't get hired until I think I got, like, the offer December. So there was kind of like a limbo state mm-hmm. there. And I actually had a couple offers from teams. And, um, Advanced Media is go. I mean, they're working on a lot of NHL stuff, so they're super busy right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, when I started, I was like, okay, where's all the Statcast data? I I need it. <laughs> and so, yeah, and, and then since then, I, I've just been kind of my in my own little world, just uh, dreaming up ideas and creating some visuals and stuff like that. Can you give us a fun fact that we don't have access to? <laughs> a fun fact you don't have access. Yeah, like your favorite. Fun fact. I think one of them, like, and this probably is actually common knowledge, is the Carter Caps. Like, you know, he throws actually three miles an hour harder. He throws hard. And I think his average fastball, according to pitch effect, is like 98. But uh, with his extension and where he releases the ball truly, he's throwing about 101. You know, there's just, but there's so much crazy stuff in there. I mean, how much information is it in terms of size or how difficult is it to? actually analyze it because i know teams have had to sort of upgrade their infrastructures or just figure out how to store all this information or or how to manipulate it so i mean is it sort of an overwhelming amount of stuff or no okay well okay it's basically set up in two ways there's the stat cast data which is like the xyz coordinates of say the ball and all the players the umpires and the coaches that like for each play, there's there's like this huge file of all those coordinates. That data right there is overwhelming. Yeah, and how many times a second is that stored? Or oh, it's like a, it's less than a tenth of a second. Uh-huh. So yeah, there's like I forget how many per play, but there's like a thousand, maybe more for each point for each player for any given play. So one particular play is like a meg file. So if you extrapolate that over a season times how many games, it, it, it's a lot of data for sure. Yeah. But the good thing is um, for each play, um, there's a process that runs. Right now some NYU professors have developed an algorithm that takes all that data and spits that out into certain metrics um, like that you see, like route efficiency, home to first and all uh, pitch speed and all, all the given metrics that that are available. And so that is very easily accessible through like a database query or something like that. that but like, like I said, the XYZ stuff, that's where teams are trying to really crunch and get into it, uh, whereas other teams probably aren't so much because, I mean, it's a lot of spatial data. And if you don't have anybody that's an expert in that, then, you know, good luck. Mm-hmm. So you've been tweeting lately, and everyone who is at all interested in baseball stats should follow Darren at Darren W. You've been tweeting a lot of range charts and charts of where everyone moved on a certain play or 
where all balls were caught or how much distance was traveled by outfielders, that sort of thing. So for that, do you have to dig into the giant scary part of the database to pull that information out? Uh, sort of. When I started, there was no start XY for a player. So I had to write something that went through all the data and grabbed that. And when I did that, um, I, I thought that was extremely important. So I was able to correlate uh, starting position to where the outfielder caught the ball. And that's, you know, extremely important if you want to see about range. And, you know, I tweeted out the first one, I think maybe last week sometime or maybe a week and a half ago. And then I started getting all these ideas from people like, you know, you need to normalize it so you can see true distance and um, just a, a lot of different things. And so it's really cool now because it's all normalized. I, I can do both. I can run a normalized uh, outfielder distance and compare it to somebody else. So like, for instance, yesterday, um, the Dickerson de- uh, trade, I compared him to Desmond and Dickerson's, a, I mean, he's got far better range than, than Desmond in the left field for the Rays. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, there's a lot of cool things you can do. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. You know, I've been working there at Bantam for four weeks now. So, uh, so I mean, there's, as you said, there's been a lot of discussion in the community about the best way to present these things. And there are certain things that can be misleading. Like if you look at the average distance or something that an outfielder travels, well, maybe he's not traveling as far because he's better positioned and he doesn't have to travel as far. And so it might look like he has less range, but really it's just that he hasn't needed to use it as much. Or if you look at how far he's traveled to catch balls, then he might look like he has great range, but maybe he's dropping a bunch of balls. So there are all these different considerations that you kind of have to factor into the way that you display these things. And do you consider what you're doing more analysis or sort of infographics or presentation? Because at Baseball Savant, you just sort of put everything out there and everyone could search for whatever they want to search for and your site would spit it out and then people could use that to do some sort of analysis. But the site didn't necessarily do the analysis for them, whereas in a sense, you kind of have to do some analysis before you even share this information or it might just be misleading. And it's a good point, what you just said there too. And I, and I just popped my head. It's like, think of also like route efficiency too. That that's stat in general can be misleading because imagine like a sack fly. You can't take, you can't just take a player's average route efficiency and say, Hey, this guy runs the best routes because think of like a, a pop-up during a sack fly. You're going to run around the ball to throw it to wherever bag the guy's tagging up from. So there's things like that that are in the data. But back to your point about, you know, baseball savant similar. Like my goal or one thing I really want to do and talk them into doing is I've written an application to generate all these these graphics I'm tweeting out. So I can do it for any player. It's very similar to baseball savant. I just enter a few parameters and it spits out the chart. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want that to go public. I want people to be able to do that for whoever. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about the idea of Baseball Savant being like the test bed, the lab for MLB. So I could, you know, put out these types of things, whereas it, it won't quite be under the MLB site, but they'll have all the metrics to see like which which of these visualizations are actually like people looking at? Because, you know, at the end of the day, they're in it to make money. Mm-hmm. And so they can look at certain things off my side and say, hey, everybody's running these outfield charts. 
we need to include these more in our articles and things like that. Um, so I'm hoping what I can do is integrate, hopefully for opening day, I can integrate in some of the new StatCast metrics into the, especially the pitch FX search, extension, uh, perceived velocity, uh, an updated data set of the exit velocity, because baseball savant is missing some of that, mm-hmm. um, and some various uh, other things that we know the data is good. Another thing is uh, there are some issues with some of the data mm-hmm. uh, where the metrics, you know, like TrackMan has a hard time, uh, the technology that tracks the ball and does some of the tracking, it has a tough time on like balls down the line. Um, right. So any those metrics on that play could be bad. And we don't want to put out metrics that we know are bad. And that's why a lot of this stuff, there hasn't been much released on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I mean, it's the it's the first season of a very right. complex system and, that was a big jump over what was available before. And so you would expect some kinks have to be worked out. And yeah, I mean, as people noted last year, there were certain types of balls in play, for instance, that weren't tracked as often as others, like, you know... Line drives are tracked more reliably than pop-ups and that sort of thing. So is there a lot of work still being done either on the hardware or or the actual software that records these things to make it more of a comprehensive, 100% captured system this season or, or in future seasons? That's the plan. Uh, one cool thing I learned the other day was um, the... Remember on MLB Network, the little stat cast things they would do during their games, uh-huh. only during their games? with like the certain stat cast metrics, like during plays and after plays, that's going to be integrated into every broadcast this year. Um, or it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. But yeah, they, you know, it's always going to be a work in progress, I think, especially with this much data. Like for instance, going back to the data itself is we don't like, we don't want to put out a stat like, okay, this guy has the best on average. This guy, has, this shortstop has the best arm across from shortstop because that's a hard metric to come up with because how do you get rid of the plays where you just he you know he knows he's got the guy out and he just lobs it across the field yeah certain things like that there's just and we have to resolve those issues before these metrics can really be put out yeah and are there certain things that weren't tracked at all in the first season like if you could preview statcast season 2 would it be better data but the same data or would it be, you know, there are going to be new things tracked that weren't tracked in season one? Or, you know, I mean, is is your job mostly to take what exists and figure out how to make it into a metric or present it to the public? Or is it saying we're not even tracking this one sort of thing? We should figure out how to track that. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much a combination of all those things. Um, basically, when they hired me, they said... We want you to do exactly what you've been doing for Baseball Savant for us. And basically all we do with Baseball Savant is I sit around, think up ideas that maybe somebody else hasn't thought of, and work with the community and talk and see what people are looking for and if we can do it. And if not, maybe I can you know, suggest that we start implementing this. So, yeah, I mean, and like I said, it's a dream job for me because, yeah, I, get, I can kind of work the gamut of things. I can come up with some cool visualizations, say, hey, this is what we can do with it, or um, this is what we need to add, stuff like that. And have you found that mostly the system seems to confirm what we already thought about players? I mean, I, I, you know, I, every time you tweet a, something about Giancarlo Stanton has, you know, a million more hard hit balls than everyone else put together or whatever, it's, you know, it's really cool 
to see and to have the exact numbers, but it's not changing our opinion of what he is necessarily because we know he's that guy. So that was kind of the question people had coming into StatCast was, is this going to overturn everything we know? And is this going to be like a catcher framing kind of overhaul of how we evaluate players? Or will it just sort of enable us to make the same evaluations, but more quickly? Yeah, well, I don't, I mean, I don't think we even know yet, really, Mm -hmm. uh, after one season. Um, But I I do think there's, there's definitely some benefits that you can, you can glean from it. Like, injuries, I think, say a guy is not hitting quite as hard than he was at the beginning of the season, or you know, there's just a lot of things that this data can provide, not just from a sabermetric standpoint, but you know, from a scouting standpoint. If a team, I mean, I think teams could probably use it for a lot of different things. Injuries being one of the main things. Uh, I remember when Hanley Ramirez hurt his shoulder last year, his exit velocity, and, and that was at the beginning of the season. So, you, I mean, it's hard to tell, but after he hurt his shoulder, his exit velocity really seemed to to dip. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe it's because his shoulder was hurt. Mm-hmm. Is any of this information available for minor leagues yet? Or, you know, I know some teams have TrackMan systems and PitchFX systems all the way down, but is StatCast, the full StatCast, only MLB for now? Well, okay, uh, there, it is two minor league parks that have StatCast, but uh-huh. they're not necessarily for minor league. It's just more for a test. Uh-huh. But I don't know if the roadmap has minor leagues mm-hmm. on its radar, but it'd be awesome if it did. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, going back to Ben's question about kind of the difference between data that confirms what we know, but in a cooler, more convincing way and data that overturns what we know. Do you kind of do you have a preference? I could sort of see, for instance, like if, you know, if we got some data that I don't know what it would be, but that suggested that Dylan G is uh, actually the best pitcher in baseball that that would kind of, you know, I don't know if that would be really cool to see and would make us reassess him the way that, you know, reportedly the Astros, for instance, saw something about Colin McHugh and were able to reassess him, or if it would just make us all lose faith in in data or lose faith in some aspect of it. And that what we really do want is the confirmation is for the data to continually align with what we think we already know so that we don't have to think too hard about, you know, whether it's clean data. Yeah, no, I, I think it's an interesting point. Um, no, I think what, like the Astros, going back to Colin McHugh and the spin rate thing, I think what StatCast could provide is maybe say, okay, yeah, Dylan G is the best pitcher in baseball when he throws his slider more, you know, or, or something along that lines. Uh, there could be gems in there that says this pitcher's curveball is really good, but he only throws it like 3% of the time or whatever, whatever it is. I think that's the perfect example, actually, is Colin McHugh. But there's probably others out there, or maybe even like outfield range. Being able to compare like what I'm doing uh, with some of those charts with a normalized data set where everybody's starting from the same spots, you could throw compare two outfielders. Wow, this guy really has great range. But that starting point is very key, and that's what StatCast provides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's interesting because... Um... I, I, I sort of, I don't know if Ben feels this way, but when you're writing things, like the if you could find the guy who is only throwing his awesome slider 3% of the time, like that's probably more useful from an analytical perspective. If you're with a team, that would be much more useful. But I also feel like it would get a lot less interest from readers than if you had the one that said, look at how amazing Kershaw's slider is. I think that, I think people just want to read more about Kershaw than about your weird theory about Dylan G., and so it's interesting in a way that that you like at 
advanced media that you kind of have to balance the, the two elements. This is part, I mean, obviously this data exists primarily to be useful, to be, you know, truthful and useful for making good baseball decisions. And it also exists to a huge degree to uh, inform and entertain fans in it. You know, a lot of what you're doing is telling stories with this data. And I wonder if, if there's any clash with that whatsoever. Probably not, probably not really anything that I even needed to bring up. <laughs> <laughs> there's that uh, Bill James line about any statistic that adds value should confirm your expectations 80% of the time and yeah. surprise you 20% of the time because mm-hmm. it surprises you all the time. It might just be wrong. <laughs> um, so to what extent do you interact with teams now or, or what to what extent did teams ask MLB for guidance on interpreting these stats or improving these stats or are they all just kind of very secretively doing their own thing and hoping no one else thinks of it? No, I mean, uh, quite a bit. We provide the data for to them. So mm-hmm. any issues they have, um, a funny story, um, when I first tw- started tweeting out the outfield range things, um, one of the team's baseball operations guys emailed me. and was like, hey, can you run one of our players and compare them to somebody? And I just uh-huh. thought that was pretty hilarious. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you still get to work for teams in some capacity. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just goes, you know, I'll, I'll hear from certain people on, online that like, you know, the teams, teams have thought of everything, um, blah, 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 from certain analysts. And uh, obviously they haven't, you know. <laughs> right. So is there anything in particular you're looking forward to, one one thing that's on the horizon that you can't wait for people to be able to see? Well, the outfield charts, I'm going to continue to do that. I'm going to try to uh, – I'm having a little issues. I, I want to do some infield ones um, for infield range, but like I said, there's some data issues, especially on balls that down the line. But I'm working on some cool graphics uh, application for launch angle. I've, I've come up with a pretty good idea for that. So that I'll probably continue to work on. But, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to continue to. And if anybody has any ideas, let me know. <laughs> right. How, how long do you expect it will be until this information is just so ubiquitous that we think of it the same way that we think of you know, whatever, either pitch FX or even just like play by play or something very basic, like, you know, how long will it be till we just take for granted the ability to look up essentially anything about any play ever? I think that's a good question. (laughs) Uh, I'd be intrigued to know the answer to that too. (laughs) I mean, if if in five years it's similar to pitch FX, I'll be shocked. But uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's just, like I said, especially just with the XYZ coordinates of the players, there's just so much data the metrics that we have are just the ones internally that that were created, but that's not to say that there can't be more added. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, there could be in five years from now, there could be 10 new metrics coming out that will continue to evolve. All right. Well, I, I think everyone is just happy that you have this job. This just seems like the, the rare instance where no one has anything negative to say about someone getting hired. It's just, yep, he is the person who should have that job. He is the best possible person for that job. So hope you enjoy it and are never bored. (laughs) Well, thanks. I I found a bunch of box scores of uh, you entering as a pinch runner for Texas Lutheran. Were you very fast? Was that a big part of your game or or did you just have a very slow catcher? Yeah. Well, yeah, I was an outfielder. So yeah, I was pretty fast. I think yeah, one season I batted like four twenty nine. I was pretty proud of that. But oh, is that what three? You were were you three for seven? 
I think I have like it, 11 bats. So. Okay. <laughs> what would your heat map and your spray charts have uh, looked like? I was a slappy hitter, so like uh, oppo. I'm, I'm left-handed, so uh-huh. it worked. It, it worked against other teams, but at practice, the left fielder would just shade me in because he had the scattering board. It's bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, everyone, again, follow Darren on Twitter at Darren W. And thanks for joining us, Darren. Hey, thanks, guys. All right, so that is it for this week. You can email us at podcast at baseballperspectus.com. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Effectively Wild and rate and review and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Support our sponsor, The Play Index, at baseballreference.com. Use the coupon code BP when you subscribe to get the discounted price of $30 on one-year subscription. Have a nice weekend. We'll be back next week. Sorry if I got a little preachy. It's just I want to make sure that you see all the awesome stuff that this game has in store. So if you must, then continue to watch this sad screen.